Hello, my name is Richard Clayton and I'm Chief Correspondent at Lloyd's List. Today I'm talking about ship management with Captain Peter Liu Guang Hock, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of Eagle Star, a global integrated marine services provider and a member of the MISC group of companies. Now, MISC has owned and operated a fleet of ships for more than 55 years. Today, it focuses its efforts on energy shipping. Eagle Star evolved alongside MISC in that space, becoming independent upon its incorporation in 2017. For 18 months, Captain Peter has navigated around the rocks of decarbonization, digitalization, ESG, EEXI and CII. Ship management, he says, is all about expertise. Ship owners become partners in a common venture, drawing on skills, experience, insight and vision. And meanwhile, he's localizing his expertise in two hubs, the US Gulf and offshore Brazil. And now, having gone through the challenges of managing dual fuel LNG vessels, Eagle Star is training up engineers to work with methanol and ammonia fuels. Peter, welcome to this Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, there is a great deal to unpack here. So let's begin by digging into Eagle Star's work with MISC on energy shipping and why and indeed how you became an independent ship manager. What's the background here? Thanks, Richard. In the first place, I'd like to thank you and Lloyd Lees for, uh, for giving us the space and time. Must appreciate the opportunities, uh, Richard. Uh, to your questions, um, let me start by giving a little bit of history of Eagle Stars vis-a-vis MISC. Uh, MISC um, is about to, uh, to celebrate their 55 years next year um, as a ship owners and uh, operators. Um, and uh, Eagle Stars, as you correctly mentioned, uh, it was incorporated in 2017. But if you look, actually, Eagle Stars have a very long history, as long as MISC, because the first time the Eagle Stars actually managed a ship is when MIC vessel and MIC owned their first vessel. That's about 55 years ago. That's how far the history of Eagle Stars, if you like, uh, have have, uh, have have worked backward too. And uh, the question is why energy shipping? Well, we have as Eagle Stars being a in-house third-party ship manager to MIC for many years. We always follow the footsteps of of MIC. We always started uh, with, of course, managing every type of vessel, the dry bulk, the container vessels, even the general cargo vessels at one time, and then moving over to the uh, to the petroleum vessels, to the crude tankers, um, LNG, dry bulk, and so on and so forth. So, but when when MISC begin to move away from the uh, liner business or the container business, as well as the dry bulk business, and focus their their shipping. Or their business into uh, energy shipping, Eagle Star follows suit. That is when we uh, we be, we build our expertise around the energy shipping side. But that being said, uh, Richard, I must say that all our seafarers, it doesn't come by just being trained as an energy transporter. Okay, most of them actually come with a lot of historical background, either from container ship, the dry bulk ship, but we retrain and retool them as we move into the energy sector. So they are multi-skilled, okay, 
they have all the experience, but only thing that the expertise now are more towards the energy shippings. Yep. And uh, the question is, how do we become independent ship managers? Yes, we started as an in-house ship managers, and for many years we stayed as an in-house ship managers. But over time, we realized that we have built this expertise that we believe that we can share with the world. That is on the side of the business. On our own side, yes, we need critical mass. We need critical mass in order for us to grow our business beyond just MISC. And that critical mass is very important. But critical mass alone is not what we are looking for. We don't want to be the biggest, but we want to be the best. That, that is our ideas of going out and venture into a third, to become a third party ship managers. Okay. And um, that is basically the backgrounds where we are coming from. Um, and uh, of course, um, being a third party ship managers, we know that we have to compete. And uh, what we are bringing to the table is we believe there's something that is valuable to an owner out there. Okay, so you're now competing for business um, from MISC. Have you established your independence in the mind of competitors of MISC? Do they think you are independent? In which case, how did you do that? It's a good question, uh, Richard. Um, I think that is actually best answered by our competitors outside there. But in reality, this is not the first time uh, that uh, MISC have gone out and uh, gave their vessels to manage by third-party ship managers. So the third-party ship managers know that they do have a role that they can play in MISC. So to your question directly, I believe they know. Because MISC, like any other ship owners, they too have to compete with other ship owners as well. So pricing, qualities have to come hand in hand. So And, uh, and that is one of the reasons why Eagle Stars uh, decided to go outside for the same very reason, so that we can, we, are, we no longer settle MISC with an in-house needs to continue to provide businesses to us. They can go outside, and if there's more competitive, there's more quality third-party ship managers. They rightfully they should be be given the the, the opportunities to 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 gain their service from those from those uh, third-party ship owner uh, ship managers. Sorry. Thank you. So we mentioned expertise um, earlier. I, I'm wondering if you are focusing on energy shipping. Are you limiting your market? Do you intend to go out into the uh, into the container sector or the dry bulk sector, or are you still going to focus on energy? Um, Richard, we as a third party ship managers, we are we are not going to limit ourselves. Okay, but we also realize that a third-party ship management business is a very, very competitive business out there. And uh, we realized that as a third-party ship managers, especially a new one like us, we need to remain competitive. Okay, As I mentioned just now, we don't have the economy of scale comparatively to our com bigger competitors outside there. So here, we, we need to bring to the table what we believe will be something that will be appreciated and it will be something that will be good for an owner. So hence, we rather focus on areas whereby we can bring value to the table and not just be another third party ship owners who can provide a cheaper uh, uh, service to the owners. Uh, and in areas that we believe that we have the expertise in the areas that we have been there for a long time, be it uh, on the petroleum business side, uh, the crude tanker side, 
the DP shuttle tanker side segments, the uh, the uh, the door fuel segments, which we are quite early, and uh, we have built the expertise around that as well, and uh, as well as the LNG carriers and the ETN carriers, whereby we do have the expertise that we believe that we will be able to bring the qualities to the table. Okay, so you're not the cheapest manager around, but you do bring a value to your your clients um, that perhaps some of the cheaper managers cannot bring. I want to focus on the the um, localization of your business. Um, you mentioned the U.S. Gulf. You mentioned um, offshore Brazil. Why those two in particular? Okay, um, but first of all, let me make the correction to your statement just now. Yes, uh, we like to believe that we are not the most expensive one as well, Richard. So we 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 may not be the the cheapest in the world, but we are. I think that we are equally not the most expensive. What we believe that we are bringing to the table is something that uh, commensurate to the uh, the quality that commensurate to the uh, to the uh, to the price uh, that uh, we are offering as well. So. Um, uh, on, 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 on that note, yeah. In terms of your questions, uh, why we are focusing on uh, Brazil in particular, okay, and in the U.S. Gulf in particular, um, we always believe is that when we venture into uh, U.S. Gulf and Brazil, that is because in the U.S. Gulf, we do have a big volume of vessels that is concentrating there. And we believe in putting boots on the ground in the area where the vessels are trading. Um, MISC's vessels, which we manage, many of them, especially on the Alframex sectors, okay, are actually uh, in the U.S. Gulf doing the lightning business. We have been there for a long time. We do have a full set of capabilities there, uh, ship managers, superintendents, uh, fleet managers, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we do have a full set capable of operating independently in the U.S. Gulf. In other words, at any one time, we can respond to the needs of the vessels and the owners there. It is really important, uh, Richard, for third-party ship managers to have their operation near where the, the vessel is. Um, you never know when the next uh, incidents or accidents will happen. So that is one thing that we have always kept uh, as one of our pillar of our service, that we want to have people near where we operate. The same thing goes to Brazil as well. We have currently now 13 DP shuttle tankers there, and um, we hope to have more down there. And it's time for us to localize our 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 operations there, or our service there. Again, for the same reason that I mentioned, so that we can have people close to that. And we believe that by get by. By localizing our 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 operations there, we will also get closer not only to the owners but also to the authorities there, as well as to a service other other service provider there. And uh, which, as you all, as you know, Richard, will form really the backbone of our service quality. So that is the reason why we want to localize our our services in Brazil as well as in the U.S. Gulf, and maybe perhaps in the futures wherever the business takes us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. I want to talk about your Maritime Training Academy and the work that you've already done there. You're working with um, engine providers to train engineers on these new fuels. Some of these fuels will not be available for 10 or even maybe 20 years. So why are you doing this today? Okay. Um, in terms of when the fuel is going to re be ready or when the technology is going to be ready, um, it it depends on who you ask, Richard. Some says that it's around the corner, some say it's far away. But we know for a fact that um, um, the uh, fuel technologies and availability like ammonia and uh, methanol is 
very close um, around the corner, if you will. Um, as you can see, uh, ships have already been currently being designed and uh, commitments already been made. And uh, the, you can see a very, very good collaborations in these two particular fields. On the hydrogen side, I do agree. It might be a little bit far away, but never say never, uh, as we all believe it. But Richard, to your questions, we always hold the principle of we rather be the solution to a problem rather than the problem itself. So here, as the technology has been developing, if we continue to wait until the technology is matured before we start training our people, in my opinion, it's almost like putting the cart before the horse. You have all the technologies, but you don't have the expertise to manage it. So in a word, the, third, the, man, the chip managers become a problem rather than a solution. So we rather train our crew early in anticipation, and hopefully, by the time the technology is available, we become a solution to the technology rather than a problem to the technology. And the experience that you have working with these fuels and working with the engineers who, who themselves are working with the fuels, are you willing to share that experience with the wider industry so that we can grow together? Uh, or is this in-house expertise? No, and in matter of fact, Richard, we are willing to share. And uh, don't take my word for it. In matter of fact, even for the LNG dual fuel, as you know, we are the pioneers uh, in the non-LNG sectors. Uh, we are the first one who actually, uh, together with AET and MISC, built the first Alframax uh, dual fuel LNG vessels, whereby we, the same process we went through, we train our people even before as we built the vessels. But then again, Subsequently to that, when other owners and other ship managers beginning to build the same kind of vessels, we were referred to and we are more than happy and we have demonstrated that we are willing to share even our our best practices and the experience that we face. I, I don't look at it as, or we rather don't look at it as a competitor because this is more for the well-being. No, neither us nor any other third-party ship managers will want to see another third-party ship managers get into technical difficulties or problems. I think this is where the industry collaboration come into play and we want to be part of the collaborations rather than to be outside the collaborations, Richard. So to your questions, very simple, Richard. Yes, we are more than willing to share. In matter of fact, we are also willing to provide the services where we, where where the services are required. So what you're doing here is <clears throat> is future proofing or, or or making your company future ready. Just explain to me what what you mean by future proofing uh, in this respect. How can you do that so that the next generation will have a really strong company to work for? Yeah. Um, it's a very good question. Uh, it's a, depending on how who do you ask, uh, the future proving can be anything. But I, I would like to approach this future proving more towards the sustainability part of it. Okay? When we talk about sustainability, people always think about it. The first thing that comes into mind, uh, Richard, is always the environment, sustainability of the environment. But beyond the environment, there's also sustainability of the business itself. So by future proving our capability, our technical expertise, because as the, as the digital technologies, as the new fuel technology come into play, as I mentioned earlier, we can't wait until the technology is available. In my opinion, that would be too late. Maybe perhaps I think it's, it's, it will be a little bit unfair to think that our 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 crew and our officers on board and our engineers on board could easily be trained. Take an example, Richard. Um, uh, and, and this is something that um, struck my head 
uh, on my mind recently as we celebrate the uh, the seafarers day uh, this year's the seafarers day uh, team is very appropriately uh, made it's called maple 50 and what is beyond so really if you reach it, if you if you if you if you're one of those who have followed the uh, the maple you know maple was introduced 50 years ago and everybody know what's the purpose of maple basically is to prevent pollutions Okay, before Marple, practically everybody just dumped oil into the sea and so on and so forth. Marple coming to coming to force and have done his service for the last 15 years. If you ask me personally, he have done well. Okay, beyond now, Marple is expanding its reach. It's not only no longer talk about water pollutions or oil pollution. They're talking about the whole entire environment and the whole entire ecosystems of the oceans as well. That is the coverage, and this come about together with the NOx and the SOX requirements and, uh, and the uh, water ballast treatment system and, and, and so on and so forth. And now they're expanding into the, into the carbon uh, emissions uh, reduction side. And so I think it's a good thing. So when you, when, when you talk about getting future-proof our capabilities, and um, it is very important for people to understand, Richards, that it is not only about the technology. It is about the people. Remember the seafarers today that we have, not only in Eagle Star, but around the world, they have all been trained to handle only one type of fuel, that is hydrocarbon. And now suddenly with all this new fuel, all the seafarers do not have the experience nor the training. So this is something that I think the, the world will have to look into this and how to actually convert, retrain, and maybe perhaps even retool some of our, our current seafarers in order to be able to adapt. It is a challenge, but I think if we start early, we can turn that into an opportunity as well. So let's pull some of these threads together, Peter, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about the day of the seafarer and you transforming uh, your team into a future ready workforce what will the seafarer of the future uh, look like what will they have to do okay good questions richard because this is what we i discussed with my seafarers in one of our celebrations uh, workshops uh, a couple of days ago and now uh, believe me the the seafarers today um, they are very worried they are very worried with the development, with the advancement in technology, be it digital or be it the fuel technology or new engine technology and so on and so forth. That's coming very fast on them. And they, they somehow they feel that they have been left out to a certain extent. The question that was posted to me when I was talking to them is very simple. What are you going to do about it? What are the challenges? What, are, what, are, what, what, what is the impact? towards the seafarers with these advanced technologies and so on and so forth. The world are busy focusing on developing their technologies. And I think to a certain extent, we have neglected this part about the seafarer part. And for them, it is a scary thing and rightfully so. But scare is good. Worried is good because that is when get people up to their toe and start thinking. I think we need to focus on the seafarers to retrain and retool them, Richard, and give them the assurance. And we have to do it fast and quick because if not, it will be too late. Okay, if you do it fast and quick, I think the seafarers will look at it not as a challenge, but as an opportunity. So to your question, how do I look at my seafarers in the future? I look at my seafarers, which are the seafarers which have been trained, equipped, to be able to handle this new technology. 
Okay. And talking about digital technologies, a lot of people, when they talk about digitalizing autonomy of the vessel, uh, to, to convert the vessel into autonomous vessels and so on and so forth, immediately they talk about reductions of seafarers, reductions of sea stuff. Okay, that rightfully will cause concern to the seafarers who life whose whose well-being depend on the sea depend on their abilities depend on the need for ships to have seafarers so if you are telling them the sea, the future of the ships whereby seafarers is not required will of course scare them but i think if you if you use the technology okay in order to make life much more palatable to make it more easier to make it more more modern for seafarers i think that should be the technology should be used as long as to bring to to bring uh, efficiencies and safety into play but i think dig digitalizing the vessel should also take into consideration the well-being of the seafarers if we can use the technology to make seafarers life much palatable much easier much safer i think that should be the priority over anything else Thank you, Peter. That was a, a, a really positive note to end on. Um, Eagle Star wants to be seen as a one-stop shop in uh, energy ship management, working with its partners in the design, construction, delivery and operation of some of the most advanced vessels afloat. It's pushing boundaries at a time when those boundaries are still being defined by regulators and governments, technology leaders, environmentalists, and indeed by society at large. Data is key, collaboration will be critical, and people, including our seafarers, will be paramount. Thank you to Captain Peter Liu, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of Eagle Star, and thank you to you too for listening to this Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you, Richard.